At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. Webmasterradio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO Coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO Coach, Jillian Musig. And welcome this fine Monday morning to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Musig. My apologies there, folks. That should sound a little better. Uh, Here I'm talking about today things that are success factors in startups. The question is, you've got a great idea. Is your idea likely to be one of the successes in the startup space? Now, sometimes we can talk about just success as a lifestyle business or even as somewhat of a scalable business. But I want to talk about those that have that billion-dollar exit, the really super big guys. These are the kinds of things that venture capitalists are interested in. Uh, They like putting their money down early. They like the shot at this billion-dollar exit, the 100x or 1,000x type thing. So they put down a million bucks. They'd like to get 100 million out of it. Now, generally speaking, venture capitalists like to see 10 times their money out as kind of the minimum, and that's not unreasonable. But they like a shot at the big star. So my question to you today is, does your idea have a shot at the big star? Now, again, remember to put this in context. If it doesn't, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go into business. Almost none of us will have this monster shot at the monster star and so on and so forth, right? We'll have good, solid businesses. They'll make decent profits for the founders and for investors, and they will do very well for their employees as well. What we are looking for today, though, is just a discussion about what is it that makes that billion-dollar shot possible. The first thing that comes to mind, of course, is disruptive technologies. So the concept of disruptive technology is that it literally changes the way we do business or life on this planet. Things that would have been significantly disruptive would include the wheel, 
the invention of the wheel changed the way humans moved on this planet. Until then, it was on all fours, or for bipeds, it was two. But that's all you had. Wheels significantly changed the planet. So that's why we still use the terminology today. Well, it's not like you invented the wheel or anything, or let's not reinvent the wheel. Those kinds of words give significance to the idea of a disruptive technology. Moving forward, things like radio and television and communication systems, again, changed the world. Things like airplane travel changed the world. Even things like pasteurization or other protective things around food sources changed the world. It changed how we looked at what we did on a daily basis, how we consumed things, how we moved from place to place, or whether we moved. So you can see how it would be disruptive to large numbers of people of societies around the planet. Obviously, the invention of the computer itself and then the desktop computer, which came later, right, as a form of that, and then finally the Internet were all disruptive technologies. The very first computer was little more than an iteration over some kind of an electronic calculator type of process. They were, in fact, very slow. They didn't do things much more quickly than humans did, but they could do them repetitively, or they could even do them uh, in uh, synchronization so that they could do it alongside each other, and that could save some time. Over time, what went into huge roomfuls of equipment can now be uh, carried 10 and 20 and 100-fold in a handheld telephone. So we understand that the movement of something from a disruptive technology, which may not be quite recognizable in its earliest form, is certainly recognizable when it begins to mature into a full-blown innovated product. The initial product is the invention. The innovative products or innovated products are those that were played off the original disruptive invention, and those may be the ones that change the world. Again, the invention of the Internet with ARPANET and so on did connect scientists in its original form, um, and they did a few uh, discussions and so on. It was a good thing. It moved from, from that through our military systems, and all of that was interesting, but those things did not change the world until, of course, all of it, us had it in our hands. Still, it was the original piece, the invention of the concept of the Internet, right? Connected nets, if you will, or, or connected um, computers that could speak to each other that was the disruptive technology. So we look further back than just what we see today when we try to figure out whether or not what we've got might be disruptive, so, things that will be considering uh, to change the market in the coming years, right? Even starting as early as 29 and 2010, people are saying these things are going to be huge. Mobile, search and the semantic web, and virtualization and cloud computing. Now, certainly if you were saying those things in 2009 and 2010, you'd be spot on. 
The movement of mobile technology, again, it hasn't just been invented, but it was disruptive in itself. It did change our uh, integrated behavior with the Internet. Remember when you had dial-up service? It wasn't very interesting. It was certainly a lot of fun, something you'd play with after school or after work, right? but it didn't become part of your daily life until the internet showed up with high-speed access and you could do things like check the weather and the traffic before you left for work or school. Get that? Before you left your home. Then you were able to carry the web with you. It was suddenly on your mobile device. You no longer had to wait for things like uh, the news or the weather and the uh, traffic report in particular on, I don't know, the fours and the nines and whatever. Suddenly, the traffic report was with you all the time. And now that technology is being integrated into cars on a regular basis, not just the high-end luxury cars. So we are now traveling with the web with us at all times. It's being integrated into pieces of our lives in which it had not been before. So if you have a technology where you can see it is either disruptive or it plays off a disruptive technology and brings it to the next level as mobile brings the web to the next level, you may have something that's the billion-dollar process. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other sectors in which you will find yourself with technologies and startup ideas that may be part of that potential billion-dollar exit. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? 
We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking about the billion-dollar exit. We're talking about those companies that either have disruptive technologies built into them or they're based on disruptive technologies that would take them, if you will, to the next level to make them impactful for huge amounts of people on the planet. Some of the ideas that we would talk about are kind of, you know, yeah, everybody kind of gets that, right? So some of them will be a little more subtle, and it might surprise you. Let's take a look at some of the industries where we're seeing disruptive technologies or innovations on disruptive technologies that could change the way the planet does its business. Here's one that's interesting to me. Recently, I met uh, a fellow who is in the uh, systems biology uh, work. He has the Institute for Systems Biology right here in Seattle, Washington, but I met him down in uh, California. The uh, fellow was a professor and is now running this uh, institute, and he has a system of medicine which he calls the 4P, as in Peter, 4P system process, right? Predictive, preventive, personal, and participatory. These simple things, which are just kind of a discussion about one might say, oh, gee, that's kind of best practices on how we should perform medicine, he asserts will actually change the face of medicine on the planet. And this is why. Predictive medicine says rather than waiting till the stuff hits the fan to fix people up, we're going to have predictive medicine. We do some of that already. Preventing things in the future, well, that would be preventive medicine. Predictive is saying we understand which people of an entire population are likely to have high blood pressure, um, in danger of uh, getting diabetes, uh, heart attacks, stroke, all of those kinds of things. Predictive medicine says we actually have processes which define your potential liabilities along your lifespan well in advance of what we know today. A number of people are doing work on things like the human genome, the sequencing of the human genome, which was expensive, has become somewhat less expensive, but there are two pieces to it. One, you get the data, and two, you sequence it and organize it into usable data. Both of those pieces have to be inexpensive and very fast. There are companies, uh, there's one called Spiral Genetics right here in Seattle, on which I am a board of advisors, excites the hell out of me. They're using distributive computing to uh, sequence this human genome in five hours for about a thousand bucks when people had been doing it for 30 days, sometimes more, for about five or ten thousand dollars. That in itself would be disruptive. If you can do it this inexpensively in a tiny little startup and they haven't even begun to innovate and iterate, it seems to me that in a few years, these kinds of things will come together as just another test, costing maybe two to five hundred bucks, maybe a little more, and coming back to you in just a few hours with that, if you will, overnight delivery. They're already down to five hours, right? So including all of the systems of a clinic or something that would have to report it, you could certainly get overnight reporting. And this would tell you 
all of the basic genetic components that would be predictive in a human being. We would carry around our genetic coding the way we carry around the rest of our medical files. They would follow us through life. Doing that means that you understand why certain medicines would be good for a particular person or not. Significantly changes the way medicine looks. Preventive, we already do a lot of that. You take this or that pill to prevent a heart attack or to prevent hardening of this or, you know, whatever it is. So some of that is already in place. Personalized medicine, again, refers back to that human genome in which you can not only predict what's going on, but it is highly personal. Rather than making medicines for an entire planet, things like aspirin or penicillin, we would now make medicines for small portions of the planet, maybe 100,000 or a million people. And then participatory means that humans must, of course, take more control over their own medical welfare and become their own advocates. In this case, it's a fascinating look at what's going on. The gentleman who runs this uh, show says participatory healing here means that social media will change the way medicine is delivered and how humans are interacting with their caregivers. He notes that already people no longer trust their physicians with the same, uh, if you will, quantity or volume of authority with which they trusted these people before. Uh, physicians who have essentially played God on the planet in the Western Hemisphere for a long time now, several generations worth, no longer can do that. Their patients are questioning their views. They are questioning whether or not certain tests are needed or not needed. They are questioning the medicines they are receiving, and they're questioning the kinds of care they're receiving. They're looking things up on their own because places like WebMD, which is certainly a major portal in medicine, exists and has large volumes of uh, material information. But they are also checking things like social media platforms where they find people in the same situation. In other words, forming communities of people who have in particular, uh, rather than traumatic diseases, diseases which have a specific onset and end, they would have diseases which go on for a long time. Right? And that would be things like high blood pressure or um, uh, diabetes again or things like that. Things that need managing over the long term create communities on social media platforms. Those people who are focused on supporting those groups might make an interesting mark in society and changing the way we do business. Other systems that would change dramatically include our financial systems. I've talked a number of times about a few companies that I know of who are doing interesting work about the, around the financial processing. But we are really poised on the planet here to change a number of things about the way we handle money. Certainly credit cards were a major change in that sort of thing. Uh, the ACH system in which we move money from one account to another within a banking system was a major shift in terms of uh, doing that as opposed to trucking physical amounts of cash in boxes and by hand from bank to bank. But finally, the change from an ACH system into things like PayPal, 
PayPal was pretty major, although it still processes credit cards. Places like uh, My Town Market, Douala, uh, and several others that I know of are uh, managing to transfer funds for things like just, what is it, 25 cents, I think, at Douala, or 1% no fee over at My Town. Uh, folks who are transferring money without using this ACH system. In other words, they are creating effectively their own monetary system inside a box. You don't really move the money out to your regular checking accounts. Rather, you think of it as a separate set of credits that you just trade among yourselves without moving it beyond. It doesn't mean one cannot. And all of these systems permit you to move money inside and outside their system still using old technologies. But over time, we're going to start looking at our financial lives in different ways. We may not be using the major banking systems if the major banks don't get a handle on how to move money around uh, more quickly efficiently, certainly moving using mobile platforms. Many of them already permit you to do that. But looking at it, if you will, in a padded cell, removing the risk factors that we've been uh, dealing with for so many years and changing the actual process in which money is moved around the planet. I think financial processing systems uh, haven't quite found how that's all going to work yet, but I'm looking to see what's coming down the pike. So see whether or not you affect some of those things. What I do see here in the financial systems is that they are fractured. Somebody will be managing nonprofits. Somebody manages the kind of the the uh, small time one and two transfers, and other people are managing things like uh, tickets to concerts and theater. So each one manages a different sector. They're now looking at serving sectors rather than taking a consumer and serving all sectors. Interesting way to look at our financial processes. I don't know whether that's going to hold over the long term. I do think that fractured systems will come together. Another space that we should be looking at, new interfaces for the web. For a long time, we've been using keyboards. Not only that, we've been using QWERTY keyboards, the Q-W-E-R-T-Y, right? You know how those were designed? They were designed to stop people from typing quickly. Absolute insanity. A few people use the Dvorak system and a few people use just the straight alphabetical system and so on. Uh, it's fine, but really, keyboards slow us down. Anybody remember the thing, what was it, Star Trek? Oh, a keyboard, how quaint. Yes, how quaint, but we're still using it. A few of us do use voice input, and we are doing other things on computers. But by and large, it's keyboard-driven with a mouse, with a handheld device that gives you things like, I don't know, aching shoulders, tennis elbow, and, um, and, and wrist problems. Craziness. We need new ways to interface with the Internet itself. We are creating this monstrous brain that kind of hangs around our globe. And you can think of it as sitting up above your head in the clouds. We call it that, in the cloud, right? We have this concept that it's up, that it's in the ether. It's amusing, and we always do those kinds of things from religion to computers. Everybody thinks of the term up, but really, it is about and around us. We understand that, but we are creating a collective brain of the humankind on planet Earth. This is gathering not just our knowledge, but also our actions, our activity. That's interesting stuff. How are we all going to access it and make use of it? Well, 
currently with things like laptops and cell phones and things like that, PDAs. So going mobile, definitely disruptive, taking it with us at all times. It changes our connection to the web and to people who are not standing right in front of us. They can be connected to us at all times. We don't just have to send them an email and maybe a photo at the end of the day, which we uploaded and this and that. That's how we started in connecting to folks. And we'd send something to grandma or to a friend. Now you can snap photos and snap video and connect it quickly to things like Twitter, Foursquare, etc., and keep it going with a running conversation with friends or colleagues around the planet. Now, new interfaces to the web, that would be possibly gaming systems. It would be different ways in which we can touch the web and make it understand what we're doing. There are folks who are working on uh, connectivity for disabled people. You can do all kinds of things, even with the movement of an eye or the wiggle of a jaw or something like that. So extraordinary things are being done to begin with. But look at the different types of activity one can do when we talk not just about restrictive activity, but those who are also able-bodied. Disney's doing interesting work in which they are putting almost second skins onto our fingers, and uh, computers can tell, oh, it's two fingers touching water, it's a hand flat on a table or flat on a surface, and so it can kind of tell what we're doing and what we're about. There are applications around those kinds of interfaces with a computer that might be fascinating. Certainly things that that would connect to uh, feet and other body parts would help us to, I don't know, understand how many steps we take rather than walking around with additional devices. Uh, we could do things inside our shoes that would tell us whether or not uh, we're about to get our fasciitis or something like that. We're moving badly and it would uh, help us to adjust our gait. Um, there are things where we could say we could connect to the web in that would help us to exercise, help us to improve our connectivity with each other and with our experience of the world. Uh, Google Glasses would be among those kinds of things in which you'd be able to understand greater information about the web. There may be such things as Google Glasses for the blind is shortly that would again verbally keep them in touch with what comes ahead of them and how to maneuver through space. So again, changing the way people interact with their lives and with the planet itself. We're going to take one more break here and we come back. We're going to do a wrap-up on this idea of disruptive technology and whether or not your idea has a shot at the billion-dollar exit. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google digital marketing evangelist Avinash Kaushik speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. 
had over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the Click Z Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to sesconference.com. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement. WebmasterRadio.fm It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back. We're talking about whether or not your idea has the ability to change the world. Does it have that possible billion-dollar exit piece to it? So here are the things that you should be asking yourself as you take a look at your idea. Does it change or move forward our experience of connectivity with the web. The web itself is hugely disruptive. Anything that innovates on it, in other words, our connectivity with it, would be a major innovation and have a shot at that billion-dollar exit. Engaging with people in new ways that are sticky. Is your idea consistently useful, consistently enjoyable and increasingly interested rather than decreasingly interesting to people, right? Is it a flash in the pan or is it something that's going to stick around for the long haul? And finally, is it altering our basic functions of life or the way we function within our community and society today? Think about those things when you think about your idea and see how far your idea will take you. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. You can download these shows through iTunes or through webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back next week. This has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.